Good evening. This is people are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We're going to continue in my book, and we are in chapter 10, and it is entitled, Where Jesus Died and Was Buried. I'm so excited over this. I'll tell you some things I had even forgotten, but oh, thank God. Somehow, he, he, ah, uh, oh, it's what it was, preserved this book for me. I thought I had lost it. I really did. And then um, I had given several copies out. I had printed it on my printer many years ago. Well, obviously 2003. That's what it had said when I had written it. And um, I had printed out three hard copies from my own printer. And it was a lot of paper and a lot of ink, let me tell you what. And I had given them out. Just given them out. Well, when I had given them one, given it out to one pastor, um, he wanted me to uh, put it in a in a format to where I could send it to him. I think it was through email or something like that. Somehow I did. I don't know how I did, or I put it on disc or something. Honestly, I truly don't remember. And, uh, and then that was that. You know, one person that I had given it to, she had passed away, and her family didn't know where it was at. And then I had given one to my mom, and I don't know what happened to that copy. And then, like, another to this pastor. Oh, I had sent one to uh, Perry Stone, actually. Believe it or not, I did. Uh, he never responded on that. I don't know what he's done with it, to be honest with you. I told him, you know, if he wanted to use it for himself, he could. It was no big deal because, you know, I'm not interested in making money off this. This is what God gave me to give out, you know, freely give. No, what is it? You freely receive, you freely give, something like that. So I don't think the Word of God should ever uh, have a monetary value put on it, to be honest with you. I really, and that's my opinion. I mean, if people could do what they want to, but you know what? I'm not going to blaspheme his name by selling his word. I'm not going to do it. So anyway, freely give. No, freely receive, freely give. I don't know. I'm all confused. Anyway, we're in chapter 10. And this is where Jesus died and was buried. This next chapter, I would like to continue with the three days and three nights, but also dig deeper into scripture to see where Jesus was crucified and buried. First, let's go to John and find out what Jesus has to say on how long a day is. John chapter 11, verse 9 through 10. Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus tells us there is twelve hours in the day, and then he mentions the night when there is no light, which brings us to another twelve hours, equaling the twenty-four hours. Three twelve-hour days would equal thirty-six hours, and three twelve-hour nights would equal thirty-six hours, giving us a total of seventy-two hours. Nowhere does Jesus give us an example how a few hours of daylight would constitute a full twelve-hour period, but in the verses above, he shows us how he refers to a day and night. Also, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> oh, it is shown how God tells us a full 24-hour period. Genesis chapter 1 verse 5. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. 
Genesis chapter 1 verse 8, And God called the firmament heaven, and the heaven and the earth were the second day. Evening and the morning were the second day. Did I just say that right? I think I did. All right, Genesis one thirteen, And the evening and the morning were the third day. Here in Genesis, we have exactly how God set time to be on the earth. Evening and morning is one day, literally 24 hours. This is also how the children of Israel observe time. At evening is when the, e the next day begins. Example of how they observe this timetable is the Sabbath. It begins on Friday evening at sundown to Saturday evening at sundown. Full 24 hours is observed for the Jewish Sabbath. Matthew 12:40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In this verse, it tells us without doubt that Jesus would be in the heart of the earth for a full 72 hours, not a minute less and not a minute longer. The Pharisees knew exactly what Jesus meant also. Matthew twenty seven sixty three, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver, while he was yet alive, after three days, said, After three days, I will rise again. This leaves no room for speculation on exactly how long Jesus said he was to be in the heart of the earth. The Pharisees understood it to mean exactly 72 hours. And to be sure it did not happen, they posted a watch to make sure. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 23, And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorrow. Sorry. Mark chapter 9 verse 31 For he taught his disciples and said unto them The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men and they shall kill him and after that he is killed he shall rise the third day. We know according to the book of John that the scripture cannot be broken. We know that God counted evening and morning a day. And we know that Jesus said there was 12 hours of light in the day and 12 hours of darkness in the night. Jesus said on the third day he would rise again. How is this possible? If he was to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and yet rise on the third day. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are very specific on the time Jesus died. We see in the Gospels that on Passover, the 14th of Abib or Nisan, at approximately 3 p.m., Jesus releases his spirit to the Father. All three accounts harmonize this, with no room, once again, for speculation. Now, Joseph and Nicodemus had to work fast, for they only had about three hours to get permission, buy spices, take the body down, prepare the body, and place it in a tomb. All of this before sunset. Here are the accounts. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven through 61. When even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who was also himself was Jesus' disciples. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. 
Mark 15, 42 through 47. And now when the evening was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counsel, counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid in a, laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of rock and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. Luke 23, 50 through 56. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Armathia, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, where a never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and behold the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rest of the Sabbath day according to the commandments. John chapter 19 verse 38 through 42. And after this Joseph of Armathia being a disciple of Jesus but secretly for fear of the Jews sought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus and there came also Nicodemus which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes and about a hundred pound weight and about a hundred pound weight. And then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore, because of the Jews preparation for the sep for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Okay. Why were they so precise in writing the time? Jesus died at 3 p.m., literally the same time the first lambs were being killed. Jesus fulfilled the Passover sacrifice as the Lamb of God to the very letter, with no room for doubt. Exactly when the first lambs were being killed, Jesus, in quick succession, shouted his final shouts. They were, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I thirst, it is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Luke twenty three forty four through 46 says, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. In the Old Testament, we see when they sacrificed the lambs, Exodus 12, verse 6, And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evenings. The evening in this verse literally means between the evenings. 
the Jews had two evenings. The first evening was at three when the sacrifice was to be offered and the second evening at five. Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 6, but at the place where the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name in, there shalt thou sacrifice the Passover at evening, at the going down of the sun, at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt. Where it says at the going down of the sun, it should read when the sun is declining, not setting at 3 p.m. The sun begins to decline. This is how they divided their day. Morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Noonday, 9 a.m. to 12. First evening, 12 to 3 p.m. Second evening, 3 p.m. to 6. First watch, 9, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Second watch, 9 p.m. to midnight. Third watch, midnight to 3 a.m. Fourth watch, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. We allow the Bible to interpret the Bible and get man-made traditions out of our mind long enough to listen to the Holy Spirit. We would be amazed at what He will show us. By taking the scriptures and piecing them together, we see now how Jesus literally fulfilled Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits. He is the bread of life. And when Nisan 15 dawned, which would have been at sundown, Jesus no longer had our sin on him. He was without leaven, yeast. Now in chapter 9, I showed through scriptures how that there is a high day, a Sabbath day following the 14th of Nisan, which is Passover. No matter what day of the week it fell, the day after Passover is always a day of rest, a high Sabbath, because it is the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and no work was to be done on that day. We read that Joseph and Nicodemus had to do quite a bit in three hours and still be able to walk home in order not to break the commandment of God. How did they accomplish all this? The answer must lie in the exact location of where Jesus was crucified and thus buried also. Exodus twenty-nine fourteen. But the flesh of the bullock and his skin and his dung shalt thou burn with fire without the camp. It is a sin offering. Leviticus chapter 4 verse 21. And he shall carry forth a bullock without the camp and burn him as he burned the first bullock. It is a sin offering for the congregation. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 27 and the bullock for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place shall one carry forth without the camp and they shall burn in the fire their skins and their flesh and their dung exodus twenty nine eleven, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the lord before the lord get that by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation Numbers 19 verse 3 and ye shall give her uh, you, and ye shall give her unto Eleazar the king that he may bring her forth without the camp and one shall slay her before his capital H face God's face 
Number 19, Numbers 19, verse 9. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel. For a water of separation, it is a purification for sin. Jesus was crucified in the exact same place the bulls and goats were offered. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 11 through 12. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. People were put to death for blasphemy also. Leviticus 24:14. Bring forth him that hath cursed without the camp, and let all that heard him lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregation stone him. Where is outside the camp or without the gate? where you are before the face of the Lord. Where would be the most visible place for all to see Jesus hanging upon the cross? Where was the best location to see the temple veil rent in twain from top to bottom? There is only one place that is even possible to be outside the door of the tabernacle and be before the face of the Lord. That is the Mount of Olives, which is directly east of Jerusalem, where the eastern gate is located, which at that time was not yet sealed. From the Mount of Olives, looking westward toward the temple of God, you would be facing God. This is where sacrifices were offered, and there was also a clean place outside of the camp where the ashes was to be kept also. How do we know that without the gate is east of the tabernacle? Exodus 29 verse 11 and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation numbers 338 but those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward shall be Moses and Aaron and his sons keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death how do we know that the Mount of Olives is east of the tabernacle? Zechariah 14.4 And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 23 and the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood upon the mountain which is on the east side of the city this is also the same place of blasphemer was to be put to death what was the Jews accusation against Jesus John chapter 19 verse 7 the Jews answered him we have a law and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God Matthew twenty six sixty five. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. John chapter 10, verse 35. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, say ye of him, The Father hath sanctified and sent into the world. Thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. 
We see here that the scriptures cannot be broken. Scripture states that the beasts were sacrificed outside the camp, facing God, as was blasphemers. Because the Lord at the door of the tabernacle, we now have read in scripture, that was east of the tabernacle. We all have also determined through scripture that east of Jerusalem, according to scriptures, is the Mount of Olives. Also, without the camp, a person who was clean was to take up the ashes of the heifer and lay them in a clean place. Numbers chapter 19 verse 9 And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification for sin. Jesus' blood cleanses us from sin, but water was needed also to fulfill the scriptures. When the soldier pierced his side, water and blood, his blood represents the ashes, came forth, which is the water of separation for the purification of sin. Hallelujah. Also, the blood was to be sprinkled seven times before the tabernacle. Numbers chapter 19, verse 4, And Eleazar the priest shall take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. How many places did Jesus shed his blood, life's blood for you? Seven. And where was this blood to be sprinkled? Directly before the tabernacle, which could only be from the east. One more interesting verse. Numbers 19, 7. The priest shall wash his clothes and shall bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until evening. Jesus had our sin on him. Then he cried, I thirst. And as I wrote, I believe that was a spiritual thirst. Then he cried, It is finished, and Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. At 3 p.m., which is between the evenings, at 3 p.m., none of our sins was on him any longer, and he was clean at evening. I went through all of that to show you Jesus could not have died anywhere else, but there is more. Luke twenty-three fifty through 56 And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel indeed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went into Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. We see that a man that was clean took the body of Jesus and laid it in a clean place where never man before was laid. Jesus was crucified and buried on the Mount of Olives where we know there is a garden. It now becomes more apparent how they laid Jesus in the tomb and was able to walk home even if the Sabbath had begun. Why? Because the Mount of Olives is a Sabbath day's journey. Acts one twelve. They returned, and then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. So when they rolled the stone over against the tomb and began to walk home, the sun was probably just beginning to set exactly three days and three nights later at the exact same time Jesus rose from the tomb. But that is in the, la in the last chapter. <laughs> I'm so excited. Jesus said that he did not come to destroy the law, but came to fulfill it. 
to believe that Jesus was crucified and buried any other place is saying that Jesus did not fulfill the whole law like he said he would do. One scripture that I always am referred back to is this, Ecclesiastes 1.9. The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. It is simply foolish to think that Jesus could have died anywhere and have been buried anywhere. Why? Because he is our sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God. He is the scapegoat. He is the sin offering goat. He is the red heifer, etc., etc., etc. He fulfilled each and every one of these sacrifices to the very minute detail. To teach otherwise is contrary to the word of God and hence a dangerous road to travel. I know when I was over in Jerusalem, I remember standing on the Mount of Olives. And it's a cemetery up there. It's just huge. There's a lot of people buried up there. But I remember looking down and seeing the Eastern Gate. And I was like, whoa, are you serious? Now, the Eastern Gate was blocked up by the Ottomans, actually, and in their foolish minds. They thought that they could. <laughs> it's just insanely crazy. But they knew um, the Jews could not walk on a cemetery. And so what they did was they bricked up the Eastern Gate. And then they put a cemetery in front of it. Because the next person to walk through this gate is supposed to be Messiah. Yeah. So to prevent him from going... <laughs> They actually did that. I'm sorry. It was funny. But I remember looking down and I kept thinking, wow, Jesus is going to bust through that gate one of these days that they had blocked up so foolishly thinking that, you know, people think they can outsmart God. What is wrong with them? What is wrong with people? I don't know. I don't know. They just have no shame, I guess, or no fear. It's really sad. Anyway, so I hope that chapter made sense to you. Um, I have read before also that Constantine's mother, Helena, I believe is her name. She has had Jesus being, I think they call it, I'm not, not sure, but it's not Gordon's Calvary, but it's another one where they say that uh, he was buried um, north of Jerusalem. No, he was not. No, he was not. No, he was not. And also, if you um, do a search, and you can do a search, and I'll just do the search myself and hopefully be able to post a picture down below but if you do a search you will find that there is actually a a, a stone that looks like a skull hence the place of the skull no joke no joke no joke no joke where Jesus was crucified so I'm going to end that there next time we'll pick it up and we are in chapter 11 I believe we're very close to the final I can't remember how long this book is believe it or not I really don't remember but the next chapter is entitled three days and three nights so until next time brother and sister I love you so very very much keep your eyes on Jesus your nose in the book which is the Word of God and embed the Word of God upon the tablets of your hearts <laughs> Oh, so you will not sin against God or be deceived. Right now, I can't tell you. I'm so overly excited. I really am. I, I, really, I feel like shouting. I feel like shouting on the rooftop. I am just, just, I'm blessed. I'm feeling very blessed right now that God has preserved this so I can reread it and I can read it to you guys. 
because you know what just rereading it is like as I'm reading it's like God there's no possible I didn't write this how could I wrote this because I did it the Holy Spirit used me to write this I'm so amazed right now so beyond amazed because wow what an unworthy vessel but you know what he doesn't use those that are perfect does he he uses the simple in order to confound the wise praise god all right i love you all i'll see you later because it's sore like crazy bye-bye